When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, and happy Tuesday. It's 11 a.m., which means it's time for another episode of CHGO Bears, presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars what's going on i'm yours today will dewitt nicholas moriano is right here with me adam hogue will be joining the show later on from palm beach the nfl owners meetings but nick it feels good to be back in studio with you man it's good to have you back will i mean you know from that launch week and till now I, I bet you've just missed being here in this awesome setting i do and i can't wait to kind of move up this way so i can do this a little bit more uh with you guys at least you know when we're doing shows in studio and I, i'm out of the bubble which feels good you know the bubble on the screen <laughs> uh was fun for a little while but not as cool as this no not as cool as this and so i'm glad to have you back and you know i was hosting yesterday you're hosting today we're kind of revolving the hosting chair but we have, we have uh, Bears content to talk about, so I'm looking forward to kind of getting into that. Yeah, you did a great job with Owen, you know, hosting. I know it's not a chair that you usually sit in, but I thought you did an excellent job. And Thank you, thank you. You're welcome, but I'm glad to be here and take over so that way yeah. I could talk Bears with you. But you said that we have to talk about some Bears things, and uh, I think we need to kick off this show by talking about some news that we didn't really expect. Uh, some bad news for Bears fans, and that's the fact that the Bears lost to Ryan Bates as the Bills have matched uh, their offer sheet. So he signed with the Bills now a four-year deal worth $17 million, uh, with the first two years guaranteed, which is around $9 million, as according to Brad Biggs yesterday. When you see that, at least it feels like polls really made an effort but are you surprised as I think most Bears fans are? Well, I think Bears fans, you know, they lost their most cherished offensive lineman with Ryan Bates, and they what had him for, what, four days, and now, <laughs> now he's gone. But it was, um, you know, disappointing to see because you do see the contract that the Bears were willing to, you know, give to him. And it does show that there is a there was a commitment that they wanted to kind of show to Ryan Bates to, one, get that guard position solidified because now there's just an open hole there. And when that happens, now you kind of assess, well, what, what's even left in terms of free agency, the draft? So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's another miss for Ryan Poles in terms of what they're trying to do to build this Bears roster. Yeah, a couple of his plan A's have backfired, but obviously for a rookie GM, that's not a, a, you know what he wants to do. Uh, he has to look at that plan B, but we've looked at that money, right? $17 million, around $9 million guaranteed for a guy that only had around, what, four career starts? Does that scream desperation or a good evaluation and paying someone what you expect them to be, or is it like a blend? I think it. I mean, at this point, it has to be a blend. I, look, you got you have to trust Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, guys that were former offensive linemen. So they they saw something in Ryan Bates, but 454 total career snaps. It's like that's such a small sample size. You're projecting him to be, you know, a player that you can count on. But still, there, there, I think there is a little bit of desperation in that in itself because the Bears just don't have enough bodies at this point. Right. And when you look at the free agency list, and we're going to talk about some options here in a bit, it gets, there's, no one, there's no wonder why he made the move that he did yeah. because when you look at those available free agents, no one's screaming to me as like a, an obvious uh, hire for the Bears. But as soon as this news broke yesterday, Nick, you know, all hell broke loose on Bears Twitter, <laughs> it felt like. Was that warranted or should Bears fans like pump the brakes a bit? Um... You know, with Bears Twitter, nothing ever surprises me, to be completely honest. But I get the frustration. It's like the Bears haven't made any big moves. And when you don't land Larry Ogunjobi and you're kind of settling for the plan Bs, so to speak, 
you do want to see something just work out for the Bears. Right. And, you know, at, at such a, I think, a prime position for Justin Fields to have success, you need to have that offensive line solidified. So when you see the Bills, you know, match that offer, it's like, damn. Like, why yeah. can't we get anything right here so far? But we have to preach patience because that's exactly what Ryan Poles is doing in his first year as, as general manager. But it is, I do, I get it. I get the frustration Maybe it's a little overblown for a guy that was still very unproven. A lot of these guys, like even a Lucas Patrick, to be completely honest, Will, like a guy that came from Green Bay, started some games there at center, but still has to prove himself. Right. But I, I get the frustration, and, you know, the Bears will have to move on. We'll all have to move on from the Ryan Bates era, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. That's a real, you know, legendary era. It's going to be <laughs> tough uh, for all of us uh, to officially kind of move on. But, you know, Ryan Poles is going to have to move on, too. Uh, and, again, having two plans kind of backfire on him. I mean, he said the two words yesterday that I think sums it up perfectly. It, it stinks. Like, he's mm-hmm. trying to make some of these moves in. Uh, unfortunately, you know, no one really expected the Bills to match that offer. I know they're so limited in cap. But I I think the fact that the Bills didn't match shows that the Bears' evaluation was pretty close to being on point. You know, that that is a very good point, Um, seeing that they didn't want to let this guy go, and they were pressed for the cap. And so when they did make the move, you know, you almost, what, it got to day four, and you're like, all right, the Bears are going to have, you know, their their next guard in Ryan Bates, and then bam. They, they signed the offer sheet, but maybe that is encouraging to show that, hey, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, this Bears coaching staff, they identified somebody. It didn't work out, but what I do, what we're seeing so far is that, hey, even though moves don't work, it's like this this regime right now is not flinching, though. Right. Because things, things are not going to go as planned. You're not going to have everything, you know, be perfectly scripted. You're going to have to adapt, and we saw the last – just coaching regime, everybody from top to bottom, when you had to adapt, things didn't work out. They're already learning how to adapt really early on, so I guess it's encouraging to see how they're kind of going about finding the correct moves to make it. They still need to make the move to replace the, uh, Ryan Bates because they're, that hole is at guard, but you, you learn from these, and they're not mistakes, but you learn from these this adversity, I would say. Welcome to the NFL offseason where you have <laughs> to replace guys and we're never officially True. on your yeah. roster. Uh, and obviously, as Bears fans, over the last, I don't know, five to six years, we've been kind of conditioned, uh, thanks to Ryan Pace, that when there's a need like the Bears have right now at guard, that they're going to hire or at least sign a bunch of players at the position, right? Like, remember, like, the 12 tight ends, the 10 different kickers? Like, we're used to seeing all of these different moves, you know, pretty much trying to throw everything into, you know, one spot of need. But the Bears now taking this different approach of, like you said, stressing that patience, trying to fill those holes selectively. I do think it's a learning curve for both people in-house as well as us as fans watching it because we are getting a little antsy now that we're you know two weeks into this thing and there's only been a handful of moves still. Yeah, a handful of moves and just, like I said, not the biggest ones that are going to really help Justin Fields take that next step. And, you know, obviously when you bring in a Byron Pringle, Lucas Patrick, they are – of positions of need, addressing the offensive line and wide receiver, but they're not the high-caliber guys that maybe you want to see the Bears go get in. You know, maybe, again, a lot of this is looking to 2023, that season where they're going to have such an amount of cap space, draft capital, but like we've stressed on and said multiple times on this podcast before, you need to do enough now so Justin, so you get a proper evaluation of Justin Fields, to be completely honest. Yep. Because if you don't feel the team where he's not going to be – I'm not going to say at his best because this team doesn't hasn't provided that for him, but you need to see the proper resources put into these positions so we do get a better assessment of what Justin Fields is because his first year, I mean, what there are flashes. We saw some good things, but I can't tell you. I don't think anybody can tell you what Justin Fields is as a player right now, and that's why you need to put the players – in 2022, at least enough to get that proper evaluation. And I know Adam's going to join. He's going to share some of his observations from talking to Poles as well as head coach Matt Eberflus. But at least yesterday, briefly, Poles did kind of exude some confidence Mm -hmm. that Justin Fields will be taking this leap, you know, despite the fact that the Bears didn't get Bates. So that does have me a little bit more calm, you know, even though you have to figure out how these moves will kind of come to be. But uh, hearing it from Poles did kind of calm me down a bit. If we go back just a little bit ago, when the Larry Ogunjobi news kind of came that the Bears won't be able to sign him just due to the foot injury, not rehabbing to the degree that the Bears thought it should be, you know, at that time. 
we found out like the bears move quick to kind of find mm-hmm. that plan B with the Justin Jones. What's that plan B now? Do you expect them to move as quick or maybe patience may prevail here? Because when I look and I, I said it earlier, <laughs> when I look through the available guys in free agency, there's not one guy that I would say yes to immediately. Uh, so then I kind of do shift my attention over to the draft now, and this may actually need to alter some of the Bears' draft plans compared to just 24 hours ago. Where's your mind now? Like, what are the next steps for polls and the Bears now that Ryan Bates is not an option? I think maybe you're you're hoping for if there's any more surprise cuts that happen. That may happen later in, like, right. training camp. So I don't know if, like, you look at the free agency list, there's just not a lot of guys that you say, oh, we can, let's go sign this guy plug him in at guard, we're, we're going to be good with it. Like, that's not the case at this point in time. But I think that may be definitely an option for the Bears. And, you know, obviously we will see what ends up happening in the draft. But I think, you know, obviously they made a quick adjustment to Justin Jones, and they had that plan B set prior to, you know, Larry Ogunjobi officially not being able to sign because you got to have a plan B at, at any point. But it's like there's just not much – resources or just players available that you feel confident like we'll sign him we'll be fine so that that's kind of where the bears are at at this point yeah again this is why he went with an rfa instead of all these unrestricted free agents because the list i I put in my notes i can describe it as blah (laughs) i mean that's probably i mean that's a really good way of describing it because i was looking through that same list and i didn't even have a word to describe it it wasn't even (laughs) blah it was just nothing you really don't want to go to with a, a Will Hernandez. I know you liked him years ago because of we, his, uh, his bidet. His bidet. Yep. So that that's a that's a running joke here on uh, going back to the good old Audible days. But yeah, I mean, I take a chance. Actually, you take a chance. I mean, he's younger than the one guy I put on my list. That if you want to do like a one year deal, and then maybe you draft someone underneath to like develop, would it be a Quentin Spain from the Bengals? Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, even, he was like the best lineman for Cincinnati. But that was not saying anything because that you know that line it's too was pretty much hot garbage, and that's why the Cincinnati Bengals did what they did this offseason, retooled that entire mm-hmm. offensive line to give Joe Burrow a chance going into next season. Um, a guy that so I'll throw his name out there, and maybe people hate me for this, but Olin Kruitz has actually brought him up too that he would be willing to bring him back if he's already not in his fishing boat already. Is Jason Peters, it, it, you know, just another veteran presence. Um, for these young tackles right now, scheduled right now, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. We'll see how that kind of shapes out. But hey, if, if you know Jason Peters is you know kind of got his fishing out of the way and doing that right now and is able to come, you know maybe a little sooner, <laughs> that that would be great. But you know that's that's the point the Bears are at right now. You have to go get what I think Jason Peters is going to be forty two, if I'm not mistaken. So Jeez. he's he is up there, but. That's a state of this offensive line and the kind of the players that the Bears currently have at it. Yeah, I, I get that. I would maybe look at like an Eric Fisher myself, mm-hmm, maybe a yeah. little younger. So if you are going to go tackle in this free agency class, at least you would have maybe a little bit more tread on the tires uh, there with you know a Fisher. He was a number one overall pick before. Uh, he does have the Eberflus connection as well as Ryan Poles in mm-hmm. Kansas City. I know I mentioned this on the podcast before, but either way, if you did go somehow, if you can lure Peters back or if you can bring in a guy like Fisher, you solidify the left side. And then you can look at either a battle at the right, but I, I still think Tevin Jenkins is a great fit uh, for your right tackle. But, Nick, that still doesn't solve the problem for, uh, for <laughs> the guard. It does. And um, on yesterday's podcast, uh, Larry Borum's mom reached out to Olin Cruz and said, hey, my son is a tackle, so don't even think about putting him in a guard. So get that out of the equation. Um, you just got to listen to mom and just that it ends there, basically. So, yeah, no, it doesn't solve the problem. And – a guy that I really like, and I know we'll get to draft talk, but he's not going to be in our discussion when we talk about like Zion Johnson from mm-hmm. Boston College. Like That's a guy where you plug and play, and you feel a lot better about your line. But again, at 39, will he be there? Who knows? But yeah, well, it doesn't solve the problem, and that's why Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, Matt Eraflus, they have. that's why they're getting paid the big bucks to try to figure this out. But I know just... You know, based off of what's happening at the owners' meetings, like they are looking, they're trying to balance now and also the future. So it's delicate. It's a very delicate balance. And I wonder how they're kind of treating that guard position in terms of getting the best player available. Is that down the road kind of thing? And just having a, you know, a guy that just is a gap filler for now. But it's, it's weird how it's not weird, but it's just 
how are they going to balance his is my my question. Here's how I see it. When you went with Bates, as you saw with the contract that they offered him, they saw him as a young up-and-comer that Mm -hmm. can be someone who can start for a few years. And you look at the rest of the guys available, no one else checks that box. Yeah. So now you have to look elsewhere, and I think that elsewhere will be the NFL draft. Now the question would be, who falls to you in a second round? Is it worth a second round pick? Do you wait to maybe later on in the draft? And then if you do that, then who's that veteran that maybe can step up in the interim? And you have to go that different route to balance the two, as you just mentioned. But right now, my gut saying, you know, after they lost out on Ryan Bates, you switch your attention to the draft. You have to at this point. And again, like you never want to go into the draft saying like, man, we need to get a guard right here. At number 39, we, we have to, absolutely have to. You would love for to just look at your board and be like, all right, we feel comfortable taking X, Y, and Z here. But if the Bears are handicapped to this point where they feel like there's nothing in free agency, nothing on your own roster that can fill that spot, then you're, you're, you're taking for need and not best player available. And is that helping the overall team? And that's, that's again, something that most teams don't want to get into when they approach the draft. A hundred percent. So if we're looking at the rest of like what the Bears can do for plan B, uh, I know Ryan Paul said yesterday, hey, cornerback is a position that maybe we'll put this money that we ain't, we're not spending towards, you know, Bates. It may go over there. Is there anyone out there that you can see uh, the Bears not spending, you know, the exact same amount of money per se, mm-hmm. but, you know, leveraging some of that newfound cap yet again to, to, because they lost out on someone uh, <laughs> at this different position? Because I have a couple of guys I've mentioned before and I'll get to in a second, but I want to know who's on your mind. The one guy that we've, we've mentioned, we definitely mentioned him and just makes so much sense because of scheme, Eberflus' connection is Xavier Rhodes. Yep. Like, that's the veteran guy that's not going to cost you a lot who should be able to come in here, not only play um, the position at a sustainable level, but does provide that, that like, veteran presence. And Jalen Johnson's only entering year three. And I know he's looked at as one of the leaders of this Bears defense going into 2022. But still to have someone like that, I think, does add value, can teach Jalen Johnson a few things. But that's the one guy that, you know, if and maybe even when that signing does happen, like, again, we connected the dots really early on in free agency. It just hasn't quite happened yet. So that's the one guy that I keep coming back to. And it's not just a veteran presence for guys, younger guys to look up to, but it's the fact that he knows the system can get guys to buy in, not just to the defensive scheme, but the whole you know philosophy that this team yeah. is trying to embody now because he believes in it. He's a big fan of it. So coming in and being like, guys, this is what it's all about, I think would go a long way. Uh, back when I was doing my research on roads uh, before free agency began, I saw a contract projection for one year, $3 million. I do that in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Like, you do that no-brainer. That's not going to cost – that doesn't hurt you in terms of dra- uh, your cap or anything like that. That's just, again, providing a player – and at a position of need, they kind of tried to do that last year. And I'm blank Desmond Trufant, which mm. didn't, you know, end up working out. We didn't even really see him much in training camp. But this is this is different. Like Xavier Rhodes is far better of a player than Desmond Trufant mm-hmm. was back then. But yeah, year three million. If that's what it ended up being, you you do that. And every day you wait. Uh, in this market, you get guys on a little bit more of a friendlier deal, but Rhodes' last two seasons, 19 PBUs, three interceptions, and one touchdown, 29 starts. So he's consistently there, mm-hmm. and he's getting good ball production, veteran presence. He doesn't have to learn anything new. He can just come in and go 100% you know, right out of the gate. So I like it a lot. Uh, the other one would be, uh, and they still have good connections, Stephen Nelson. Uh, I mentioned okay. him too. I, I do, of course, he has a little bit of a higher price point, um, but eight interceptions since 2018 season and also 39 PBUs over that span. He's 29, so he has a little bit more you know, for him. He can play for a few more years at a decent level, I would you know, imagine. He's also really good in like zone coverage. He's not a slouching man, but he's a consistent you know, and decent player throughout his career. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he knows Ian Cunningham from his time in you know, Philadelphia. He knows Ryan Poles from his time in Kansas City. So there are a few connections and reasons why that one would make sense as well, and he's still sitting there available. Uh, so that would be a guy that I would at least look into if I'm the Bears, if I haven't so already. Guys, shout out to uh, Jose in the chat who just mentioned Andy Dalton to the Saints. Ooh, Ooh I, Adam I, Schefter I, reporting that one-year deal worth up to $6 million, including $3 million guaranteed. Wow. Obviously, that's not, st- I mean, starter money. That's like, oh, Andy Dalton's the guy going into it. But I like that fit, actually, for, for Andy Dalton being what, you know, what he did here in Chicago. Um, Obviously, wasn't 
wasn't the greatest, right? Um, he's had his moments. But with the Saints, you know, they they have, well, Michael Thomas is not quite healthy. You have Alvin Kamara. Yeah, we'll see how that works. <laughs> we'll see how that works for Andy Dalton. I like how we swapped quarterbacks, though. They have Dalton, and now we have, you know, Simeon, too, so. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right? the trading backup for, for backup. But, yeah, what <laughs> is, I mean, right now they have. It's him and Jameis out there. So, so they, yeah. James, okay. So you got to figure he's probably backing off yet again. Probably, yeah. I'm. You know, that's, I mean. That's where he's at in his career. Yeah, that's that's honestly where he's at in his career. But good for Andy Dalton moving on. The, it was short-lived. But I think he did provide some good things for Justin Fields, to be completely honest. You see some of the videos that were happening. It was when Andy Dalton got hurt. Was it against, it was against the Bengals, and like there was the inside the NFL or whatever, and you just see him constantly cheering on Justin Fields, and of course, as any teammate would, you would want to see that from them. But you know, I think he he did um, some good things for Fields. Obviously, moving on to the Saints, wish him the best of luck. Yeah, absolutely, no ill will, uh, <laughs> pun kind of intended towards Dalton. You know, myself, uh, he was someone that you know he came in, did what he what needed to do. And it wasn't taking the whole rookie season away from Justin Fields. But I think we all wanted to see him out there and we got yeah. to do that. And, you know, best of luck down there in new Orleans, backing up good old Jameis. And, uh, we have Trevor Simeon now who is a okay backup as well. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, what was it? Was it Polge or Eberflus that said, you know, just kind of fits what they want to do. Better fit. Yeah. Better fit than, um, you know, obviously what the bears kind of had here previously, but, yeah, we'll we'll see. Like I said, um, what maybe on last Friday's podcast, you don't want to see Trevor Simeon playing in a, in a game a game that actually counts. So that's kind of where we're at right now. All right. Well, I just want to let you know that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. You know, your home, your uh, your live in, in play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live college basketball same game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, you can boost your live same game parlays. Watch live. Uh, parlay live and boost live with points bet and now online signup is available in illinois you can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone plus during uh, points bets march madness all users can use up to 100 dollars in free bets during each round just place 50 dollars per uh, pregame wager and get a free 20 dollars live bet to be used for that round so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Before we get to Adam Hogue, who's waiting to join in the call here, I have to tell you about Athletic Greens, our next partner, who I use on a daily basis. I'm now seven days straight. We're just taking it in the morning to start my day, but I need to see what the hype was all about. And like I said, I've been taking it right after, right before my morning workouts, and I can feel the difference right away. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. The mixture of greens helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens to help me get through my busy day. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs you less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health, and that's cheaper than that cold brew habit that you have. Also, it supports better sleep quality and recovery, which we probably all need, right now. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgobears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash chgobears. To take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. 
All right, listen to CHGO Bears podcast, and Adam Hogue is joining us from the NFL owners meeting, or is it meetings? Adam, can you teach us this? We've been debating in-house. Yeah, it's, it's technically the NFL annual meeting now is what they that's, call it. That's uh, what I said. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, we, we kind of loosely call it the owners meetings at the same time. First of all, everything sound okay here? Kind of yeah. totally on the fly here as we are waiting uh, I'll tell you exactly what's going on right now. The uh, owners and GMs and coaches are in their final discussions, and vo- I believe the vote's happening right now. And some of the rule changes and, and things, the overtime uh, proposals that have been out there, I think that's all kind of getting figured out right now. So we're waiting for them to come out and kind of hear what uh, the, the final verdict is. And then uh, actually, uh, Adam Johns and I are going to get a chance to talk to Matt Eberflus, too, when he gets out of these meetings. So that'll be on the Hogan Johns podcast later today. So uh, everything's in flux right now. we got to be flexible. That's why I'm jumping on with you right now on the phone. But um, we'll see what happens with this overtime stuff. It's really interesting. No, absolutely. It really is. And we were talking about that, you know, last week, and we'll see what kind of comes to uh, fruition. By the way, you look really good in that bubble. Uh, and I, I feel like <laughs> I look really good in this chair. I, well, I almost got run over by an Escalade right here. You know, fancy cars tend to roll into the breakers here. Um, and I'm literally standing like in a driveway. Uh, but <laughs> like I said, we're just, we're uh, we're flying by the seat of our pants. Um, I don't. Where you guys want to start though? Because because Bears wise, there's been plenty of interesting stuff. I feel like with Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Yeah, I love to start with Poles since you talked to him. You know, a little bit yesterday, and uh, let's just get your take on the quarterback situation, both with Trevor Simeon coming in and what he said about Nick Foles. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for one, Bears fans and you guys know this. I, look, I like Nick Foles. I think he's a good quarterback. He's a great backup to have. But uh, we saw this, I think, even more so in 2020 than in 2021 when Mitch Trubisky was still on the team. But because they were so different as quarterbacks, the Bears basically had to have two different playbooks. Um, and we heard Allen Robinson, for example, come out after that season and say that like that was hard on the wide receivers that was hard on the other 10 guys on the field when they had to switch things up so much just because of a quarterback switch so you know in an ideal world you want to have the quarterbacks be able to run the same stuff it's never going to be 100 percent the same but for the most part you want to keep the continuity that if a guy goes out the other guy can step in, whether that's in game or just because, you know, he got hurt and the next guy has to come play the next two weeks or whatever it is. You, you don't want to have to switch the offense up too much. So I think that that's probably the genesis of this. The Bears just made the Trevor Simeon uh, signing official, actually. And, um, you know, I think they'll look to shop Nick Foles. I don't really know that there's much of a trade demand out there. Maybe a situation where, they either got to keep him on as the third quarterback again or just cut him, let him find another opportunity. Um, but I think that's where they're coming from on that. And, of course, probably an extreme example where it paid off for one of the Bears' opponents was when Lamar Jackson missed that game against the Bears this year. And Tyler Huntley, who's not necessarily a special quarterback, certainly not as good as, as Lamar Jackson, but they were able to throw him in there last minute and basically run the same offense. And, and you saw that day that it really helped the Ravens. And Adam, you asked Ryan Poles yesterday if he's done enough to help Justin Fields. What was Poles' answer to that question and just your overall thoughts on what he had to say? Well, first of all, I think that everybody in the organization is, is acknowledging that they still have more guys to sign. And so that'll continue to happen. But are they going to be able to find, you know, top-tier Obviously, starting uh, candidates at this point, probably not. But, um, you know, I, I think the interesting part of that answer when I asked him that question was the conviction that came from Ryan Poles that he feels like just changing the scheme and changing the coaches is going to make Justin Fields better in year two. Um, now, piggybacking on that, Matt Eberflus had some interesting comments today talking about how you definitely want to see improvement in year two. Like the development has to happen. They want to see better accuracy, better decision-making, 
uh, probably speed things up a little bit. So, you know, and, and, and some of that's stating the obvious, but it's still nice to hear these guys acknowledge the reality of the situation the team's in. This is going to be challenging, though, for Justin Fields. You know, they're, they're saying you better show us progress and we're not necessarily going out and getting the top receivers for you to throw the ball to or the best left tackle in the world to, to block your blind side. Uh, and they're really relying on, on the scheme. And, guys, I guess we got to hope the scheme's better because uh, – been waiting for years for the scheme to produce better results. <laughs> yeah. Decades, I should say, really. Uh, no, without question. So, Adam, uh, breaking news, it did pass. Uh, the overtime rule proposal one did end up passing. Uh, thoughts on that? Okay. So, it, help me out a little bit because they're probably talking about this inside right now and I may have to run here, but um, which one of the proposals was this? Uh, so I believe proposal one was the Indy Philly overtime proposal. So both teams okay. will have a possession and it's only for the postseason. Okay. Thank you. Because there was this uh, kind of wild, I don't know if it's wild or not, but it caught me off guard. There was some added discussion that kind of came out of nowhere here uh, about just extending the last possession of regulation into overtime, like just continuation. So it's almost like the clock goes away if the game's tied. Instead of starting over with a coin flip and a new possession, whoever has the ball at the end of regulation gets to finish that drive, and it becomes sudden death. If they score, the game's over. Um, so I was really curious if that last-minute proposal was going to carry some weight. And in that case, they may have tabled it to the meetings that are coming up in May. But it sounds like they did pass the uh, – the first proposal, which is just going to allow both teams to have at least one possession in overtime. I think that, that makes sense from that point on. It, I, I guess my only problem with this it still puts too much uh, emphasis on the coin toss because it still gives the team that gets the ball first an advantage because if both teams score touchdowns or both teams score field goals, uh, then it's still sudden death for the team that gets that third possession uh, and so it doesn't necessarily solve the problem of both teams getting equal possessions and uh, still extends the game. It's probably still better than what was going on, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, without a doubt. I've, obviously, I didn't get the one that I thought would be just a little bit more fun with the two-point conversion try, but it's fine. It's progress, and it's going to be a learning experience for the league, and I'm sure it's not going to be uh, a forever solution, and they're going to keep tinkering this as we go. Uh, but I, I, Nick and I can talk about that later. We only have you for a little bit of time. Uh, going back to your time with polls yesterday, can you tell fans like some of the updates we got about the Larry Ogunjobi story? Because I thought you had some really good nuggets there. Well, for one, I just appreciated that Ryan Poles was uh, honest and acknowledged, you know, how much the whole thing sucked. I mean, really for everybody, uh, especially for Larry, um, who I, I don't think any of this was his fault. You know, if there was any misleading that went on in terms of the discussions and the negotiation about where that foot stood, uh, and obviously that's a question the Bears wanted to ask and probably wanted some information presented to them um, and some scans, like whatever that could be passed along. You know, if there was any misleading done there, it wasn't done from Larry's side, right? So, um, you know, I think the Bears were caught off guard a little bit when he got in the building and the way that Ryan Poles put it, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. So their own scans, their own medicals that they did on him showed a bigger problem or a slightly different problem with the foot. Um, and I think the Bears did what they had to do and move on. But Ryan said it, it – he said a few things. One, I appreciate his candor with how hard it was to tell Larry Ogunjobi that they weren't going to be able to fulfill his dream of giving him a big major NFL contract. Um and he sat in the back seat of the courtesy car, I think, that they had for him there at House Hall. And and uh, it sounded like a really tough conversation. You know, at, at the same time, um, he also acknowledged that it cost them four days in free agency. And they probably missed out on some other players. Who those players are, we might not know. Would they have given Brian Allen more money, for example? Maybe but he at least acknowledged that it didn't help them that week. And 
I appreciated that candor. Guys, unfortunately, I've got to go run and talk to Matt Eberflus, but um, uh, you guys are killing it today. Love the attire. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, ha- we'll have some more tomorrow uh, here on the CHGO Bears podcast. Uh, and plenty of updates, obviously, on, on Twitter, at CHGO Bears, my Twitter account, uh, allchgo.com. Make sure you're getting those memberships. We'll have uh, plenty of written content up from all of the stuff that's happened down here in Florida, and it has been a lot. All right, Adam. Adam. See you later on. All right. Bye, guys. All right. So Adam's time was a bit more brief than we expected, but he has to go talk to Coach Flus, and I'm okay with letting him go for that. Yeah, I guess that that takes president over talking to us a little bit. But um, just in case for anybody who hasn't read Adam's article that he already has on CHGO Sports, it's called Lovey Smith Believes in Matt Eberflus and His Defense. Definitely go check that out. It's really good stuff there. Really great insight from Adam Hogue, who always – you know, give us a bunch of nuggets. I, I kind of wanted to get, and we'll, we'll talk tomorrow, but, you know, Eddie Jackson was mentioned in today with mm-hmm. Matt Eberflus and kind of what he's expecting to see out of him, kind of putting him in some better positions to make plays. But like I said, we'll have Adam Hogue tomorrow. He'll give us some more takeaways, and maybe we'll get to catch up on some of those things there. I do feel like we can talk about some of them, though. Yeah, Just yeah. because, uh, again, it happened today, and people are going to be reading about it. And you talked – you just said it. Uh, Eddie Jackson was brought up by Coach Eberflus here today. You know, he has a fresh slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentioned the instincts. But then he also mentioned the ability to be a blitzer. And I said, excuse me? Because <laughs> I don't recall Eddie Jackson being utilized in that way. And so I went through, like, his career – uh, he had one pressure last year, which was 74th of all safeties in the league. Zero mm-hmm. pressures in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you go all the way back to 2019, though, that's when uh, he was being utilized a little bit more as a blitzer. Uh, he had four pressures and a sack. Uh, I need to go back and actually watch some film to see how he was utilized. But obviously, statistically, it was there. Uh, but before that, too, only two total career pressures uh, before that point. So he's looking at a small sample size, but sounds like a slight change of role for Eddie Jackson. It does, and we almost saw that changing of role, wanting to change the role at the end of last season with Sean Desai being more in the nickel where he would have more of those opportunities. So it'll be interesting to see what they feel is best for Eddie Jackson because I think the guy could still make a lot of plays. He just hasn't shown those, I guess, turnover type of plays that we, we were used to seeing in 2018, but those instincts are still there. The production just isn't. So how? what can they do to kind of put him in a position so we can replicate that kind of stuff? Another thing that I, I did want to get your thoughts on, Will, here. Mm-hmm. Um, this was from Matt Eberflus. He was asked about prioritizing resources to help Justin Fields in the offense and how that kind of also weighs into de- um, consideration when signing a defensive player. And essentially, just kind of paraphrasing, it's like they're going to do what's best for the entire team. And Mm -hmm. I get that, you know, whatever, maybe they mentioned like signing like a tight end if that's what's best or, you know, adding a defense, whatever it may be. But at this stage where Justin Fields at going into year two, is it okay to be selfish in saying like, no, you know what? Yes. What's going to help the overall team is if we get Justin Fields a wide receiver, not let's go get the like a safety. Maybe that can help. Justin Fields in terms of maybe if that guy can create turnovers or whatever, but it just seems like everything's on an equal playing field at how Eberflus is seeing it when I'm wondering, is it all right to say, you know what? We're going to go help our quarterback. We're going to do whatever we can to get him the offensive line, the wide receivers. But in terms of how Eberflus kind of answered the question, it was more so everything's on equal playing field. We're going to do whatever it takes to make the team better is it okay to be selfish at this moment? That's a really good question, and I'm a kind of torn about how I want to answer it myself because on one hand, if I'm a player on this team and I play defense and he says, oh, no, we need to prioritize building around Justin and we'll figure out the defense after the fact, then I would feel kind of slighted. Yeah. And then that would rub me perhaps uh, the wrong way. And on top of that as well, if you're trying to do what's best for the whole team, I think that's what you have to do, whether it be defense or offense, because you want a complete team. And I think, you know, even though he says that, Nick, you know, he's not stupid. Yeah. Ryan Poles isn't stupid. They can look at the offense and say, you know, we still need a guard. We still need a left tackle. Receiver's a huge need and possibly a tight end as well. I don't think just because everything's on equal, you know, playing field that they're going to just forget that there's those holes exist on offense. No, I mean, that's what I was was like thinking on my way here, driving here. I'm like, man, 
I wonder how they're they're actually truly saying. Maybe they're saying that right now to the to the media, but obviously we'll see come draft time how they kind of see their roster, what they prioritize, and what who the players they go get. But um, that was one of the things I know he talked about um, what he's looking for in an offensive lineman. What Eminem? Eminem, another acronym. However you feel about Iberflusen's acronyms, there's another one. And what does that stand for again? Will? Motor and mean. Okay, I mean. I, I like that for <laughs> there there needs to be that motor that that motor in terms of what the offensive linemen need to have and that nastiness that meanness because there just hasn't been enough of that from the Spurs offensive line. What excites me is that embodies Tevin Jenkins to a T. Oh yeah, so oh, he's yeah. someone that can definitely fill in uh, to be that Eminem lineman uh, that they're looking <laughs> for in Chicago. I think one other thing that I really appreciated hearing today uh, that is something that you don't hear all the time, though, uh, is the fact that he's open and desiring to have joint practices again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this training camp, which you were there for a lot of the Dolphins practices, what do teams kind of gain from having some of these joint sessions in training camp? Because uh, I know from my perspective, like, obviously you get more experience, you, you get to play against different guys, which kind of breaks up the monotony of training camp a bit. But are there any other benefits uh, that you can see why Coach Eberflus wants to have bring in a team or maybe even travel to another facility to have these joint practices? Well, I think a big thing, and it actually paid dividends for the Bears last season, they got Jakeem Grant. Mm. And they saw Jakeem Grant in those joint practices. So with a roster that has so many holes and deficiencies all over it, can you look at another roster that you knew, kind of firsthand experience because of those joint practices, and be like, we can actually use that guy. Is he maybe he'll become available later on the season, or you you inquire to see like what's what's the availability with this guy? Like that's also another benefit. But yeah, it's just really seeing the competition, how you stack up. Because there was one practice where Justin Fields was the best player on all the practice fields, and that was encouraging to see from I think a Bears perspective. Obviously, the fans hearing and reading about that. But again, it's just practice. But yeah, it really is the, those. Like you said, breaking up the monotony of what a training camp you know schedule looks like and getting to hit people that are not your teammates. So that's always a benefit as well. 100%. And I think the only other thing I wanted to bring up here that I was wanting to kind of get Adam thoughts on today uh, was the fact that, you know, the Robert Quinn tree talk actually has never came up. Like Robert Quinn seems like all systems ago will be a bear here in, you know, 2022, which I think we're okay with. Uh, at least I am, uh, you know, he had a good production. We know it's his career is a wavy one, so it's not going to be a season like we saw last year, but at least the bears will have a, you know, veteran presence. And I, I know a lot of his best production did come with his hand in the dirt anyway. So getting back to maybe his roots a bit as well, uh, perhaps the Bears can get good production and pairing him with Muhammad, uh, at least there's not going to be yet another hole to fill. Yeah, right now, I mean, that's probably the one spot position group that actually has the most depth on it. And, you know, it's not it's that's not very crazy deep. considering they traded Khalil Mack, you can say that. Yeah, and the thing, it's not even that deep as mm-hmm. well. So, like everything yeah. else is just wearing thin. But I think there is value to having those veterans it, whether it is at defensive line like I would love for the Bears to go add a veteran wide receiver what he can add to that locker room to that young receiving group but yeah having a guy like Robert Quinn we'll see where he ends up in terms of sack production because like you said well like it does go from you know peaks and valleys and it you know after last season <laughs> maybe it's going to go on the the opposite end of it but hopefully that's not the case and the interesting part was Two years ago was like the deepest valley of his entire career, and then he followed it up at the highest peak. Yeah, I don't want to know what's next. I'm kind of. I'm kind I'll of take worried. middle ground. Middle <laughs> would be fine. You know, completely honest, I take middle ground from Robert Quinn. But like I said, we'll see. Anything else on the owner meeting annual NFL annual meetings? Yeah, the annual meetings, and you know, I saw that that was the name, but I feel like everybody and their grandmother calls it owners meetings, and. No, I think I mean again. We'll also get again more takeaways from from Adam tomorrow, so we'll leave it at that for now and get on to our – is this already our final segment? I feel like everything's going so quickly. It's just because I'm here and we've done like 600 podcasts plus together, so it just kind of all – Just flows. flows. Exactly. 100%. All right. Uh, so if you enjoy CHGO, one way that you can help us continue to grow is to download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, including Adam's awesome article about, you know, Lovey Smith and Matt Eberflus, and you'll even get a free t-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, again, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. 
out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois. You can actually download the Points Bet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. I did it super easy. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, and it's easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in mere seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with Points Bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to our premium content from all of our great writers. You'll also get a free T-shirt of your choice when you become a member, and you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows like this one for every team every day. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. All right, Nick. It's time for our seg- final segment here today, which I dubbed On the Clock which okay. I'm very excited about. I like this, and we're probably going to angry, you know, anger a bunch of people in the comments about who our picks are. But this is going to be great. That's usually how these things go. We've done it so many times, Nick. We we know uh, exactly what's about to follow. So just to kind of give the synopsis of the exercise that you and I went over the last day or so is uh, we went over to the Draft Network. We ran multiple simulations over there to see who's uh, available with the Bears' two picks here in the second round. And we kind of compiled the top five players there on average. I I took out quarterbacks, and I took out running backs. Running backs, you know, maybe, but I doubt it. They've been really talking up, you know, a guy like a David Montgomery. Mm -hmm. I really like Khalil Herbert, so I doubt they go that direction. So we kind of took those positions, threw them to the wayside, and we kind of came up with, you know, the top five available for both pick you know 39 as well as 48 and we're each picking you know different players and making the case uh, for this as well but before we get to the actual picks real quickly uh, one thing you and I noticed uh, when we were running these simulations is that Chris Olave kept falling and I, when I mean falling he kept going all the way down uh, to the 30th pick uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs so I'm just curious like if that happens in real life like hypothetically what do the Bears do? We've talked about on the show, like maybe trading up into like the low twenties to get a guy like a Chris Olave. But if he's sitting there at the thirtieth pick and Kansas City's on the clock, Ryan Poles has that connection. What would you do? I'm staying put at thirty nine. I'm not moving up to go get Chris Olave. I think what you've seen a lot with um, the wide receiver market, when you can trade guys like Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, I think teams are looking and assessing the wide receivers in this draft. And like we can maybe not completely replicate that type of production. Those are two of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but they see talent in this draft. And I think if, you know, Ryan Poles is of the same mindset, he's also seeing something very similar to where, man, am I going to salvage or you have to give up maybe both second round draft picks? Who knows what it would take to move up and go get a guy like that? And I, I get it. The connection, you're hoping it's like a Joe Burrow and, and Chase kind of connection. But for me, I'm staying at 39 and 48 for now. And, you know, if it, it falls to where Chris Olave somehow drops, hey, he's not going to drop 39, but I'm not going to go up and go get him if he's even right there. If he did, I would wonder what red flag is kind of underneath true, the surface true, that we yeah. don't know about. And, again, this isn't real life. This is a simulation. So we want to make sure, like, those variables exactly. don't really come into play. Uh, but uh, when I was doing this, I was telling you th- to move up to 31 because that trade offer came up for me. They only wanted our 39th and then a the fourth rounder. Like, again, like probably in real life, like you're going to have to spend a little bit more. But, man, if that's all it took, like just giving that fourth round and you still have your other second round pick, I would entertain it. I don't, I'm not going to say 100% go for it because there are some really good receivers that will be available still when you pick at 39, but I would definitely – entertain that offer just kind of have like a draft day scenario like the movie just get everything that you want and you know write down a name and stuff like that that's that's exactly how the draft works just like that all right so let's <laughs> actually get on the clock here all right so the clock is ticking so with the 39th pick uh, we're looking at our big board we have a guy like Perian Winfrey the defensive lineman out of Oklahoma him. Sky Moore wide receiver out Western Michigan Nicholas Petit-Frere, the offensive tackle from Ohio State, if you're looking to pair someone with Justin Fields. Kyler Gordon, the cornerback out of Washington. And then someone that I really like, you know, Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. So I believe I'm on a clock here first. Uh-oh. Uh, and I, this is why people get paid a lot of money to make these decisions, because <laughs> how many times have, did I change my picks here? 
Uh, what is it like? Maybe three now? <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. I had a four and a half hour commute here to the studio and I changed it like Jeez, three okay. different times talking myself into different players. But uh, with pick number 39, I'm going with Sky Moore here today uh, just because he brings so much to the table as a receiving threat uh, to the Chicago Bears. And I think the Bears will be a better team with him on the roster. Really great agility. He can make those sharp cuts and breaks, enables him to kind of gain some easy separation. You saw a lot of production uh, with him on the RPO action with some of those in breaking routes and one thing that would really benefit a Justin Fields would be a a player that can make plays in the middle of the field and players that can make something happen with the ball in their hands after the catch and that really embodies what Sky Moore uh, brings to the table and I know he projects as like a slot corner in the NFL but you and I were talking like he can play on the outside and he can make some plays along mm-hmm. the perimeter as well. And for a guy his size, he's only five nine. He can make some sick catches, you know, away from his body. Uh, some of those tough contested balls as well. Uh, he's really creative with his releases, which allows him to get some good separation. Uh, he's still kind of raw at the position. Uh, he played a lot of quarterback in high school. Came to Western Michigan. They moved him to wide receiver, so he's only had three years there. Mm-hmm. But he's someone that really flashes when you watch him on tape. And I just love the ability to force missed tackles. That was a huge trait that you loved out of David Montgomery, you know, in his draft class. I know you were just raving about that. And last year, Moore did lead the FBS with 26 missed tackles forced. Again, very elusive. He can rack up the yak. And uh, I love it. And the only cons is his wingspan is a little small. And then, you know, he needs to still kind of learn some of those deeper routes on the route tree because it kind of hone those in a little bit more. But, you know, that's coachable. The catch radius, not so much, but I think he makes up for it himself. And you see guys like in the NFL, like a Cole Beasley, you know, who kind of work that middle of the slot. They don't have the widest wingspan, but they can still do plenty uh, as well, hold their own. So I, I like a sky more. Uh, so that's going to be who I'll take here with pick 39. How about you, man? Yeah, and I think the chat's like in Skymore, so they're definitely not going to agree with me. Um, I'm going with Kyler Gordon out of Washington, picking the cornerback there. And we talked about it. The Bears need need to address that position opposite of Jalen Johnson. But in a guy like Kyler Gordon, you're getting an athletic football player that can play outside. And I got to talk to him at the NFL Scouting Combine. He also feels comfortable if you had to move him inside, so providing that versatility there. Love the way he reacts and diagnoses routes at Washington. He played 59% of his career coverage snaps in press coverage. In this cover two scheme that the Bears are going to utilize with Matt Eberflus, Allen Williams, they're going to ask their corners to, one, press up and just jam those receivers, and they also got to be able to play the run. And Gordon's capable of doing that. Go check out the play that he makes. It's a goal line play against Michigan where he's coming off the edge. There's a guard that's pulling. He knocks Gordon. But he's able to just keep his balance, make the tackle on the running back. What is it? Hassan Haskins. So provides that physicality, can play in press coverage. And also, in, he finished second in among, among cornerbacks in lower the lowest passer rating. Only Cincinnati, Ahmad Gardner finished above him. So it's a guy that, again, has all the traits that you want in a cover two corner and provides that versatility and like I said, can provide that physicality in the run game, that's what Eberflus, that's what Allen Williams are looking for. Tag that with a Jalen Johnson. You have now a what Matt Bowen called uh, the Bears secondary a deficient one. And he said that on the No Name Football co- podcast that Olin Krutz hosts. So you take a guy like that, add him to your secondary, I don't know if that's the case anymore. Yes, you still have the opposite safety that you got to fill, but now you're adding another capable playmaker, the knock. Like I, every all these, none of these prospects are perfect, you know. But one for him, he didn't have a lot of turnover production at Washington. Five total turnovers, and two of those interceptions happened last year, and actually happened in the same game. So he doesn't have that. And there were really high expectations for Kyler Gordon going into this draft to really just blow blow the the numbers out out of everything, the forty, the the broad everything. He didn't quite do that. He had he ran a four five seven forty yard dash. I know that soured some people's expectations for Kyler Gordon, but you just got to go and watch what he did on the football field. He plays a lot faster than that four five seven forty. So I'm going with Kyler Gordon at pick number thirty nine to address that Bears secondary. I like that you did a th- uh, throwback, probably unintentional to a Nick's knock. That's yeah, no, that's exactly. I wasn't thinking about it, but definitely a throwback there. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's move over to pick number forty-eight uh, as well here because I know we're running a little short on time this episode for the forty-eighth pick. 
I'm going to go with uh, Jamari uh, Salyer, the interior offensive lineman from Georgia. I know he played a lot of left tackle, but throughout his entire career, he played every single position uh, up front uh, for those Bulldogs. And, you know, after the Ryan Bates, I'll call it the fallout. Uh, they really <laughs> need another guard to kind of come in. That need becomes more pressing. So here with, you know, Jamari, the Bears get a powerful guard. Scouts just rave about his play strength. Uh, he has a strong strike, and he also has really good balance and pass protection. Protection. Uh, he's big and strong. That's the muscle. And he plays with a high intensity, which is the motor. So we there have we the go. M&M here uh, <laughs> as M&M. well. Uh, he's really big and he's so wide. It makes it difficult for guys to get around him. And if you do move him to guard with those tighter angles, that just becomes even more you know, prevalent and beneficial for the Bears as well. Like I said, he plays guard, but he does provide that versatility. So if he needed to kick someone out, uh, he can as well. He's decent at getting out in front uh, and paving the way in the screen game, which I believe is going to become more important here mm-hmm. uh, for the Bears as well. You'll see him you know, get out there, get into some space, and really just eat up some of those smaller defenders out there. Decent footwork. Uh, those are a lot of things that I like about him. Uh, but most of the cons I see are coachable. Uh, poor Bend, that gives him the trouble with his leverage sometimes. It's kind of inconsistent with that pad level. Uh, so that's a little bit. You know, that's coachable, though. I know he's not the most athletic guy, and I know the Bears are looking for it, but you have to blend athleticism with strength, and I think he has uh, enough to be good enough in a zone scheme. So Jamari, uh, Salier, getting some more help for Justin Fields up front here with my second pick. So both of my picks, uh, you talked about it's okay to be selfish and to prioritize helping Justin. Well, I just did. You definitely did. Wide receiver and offensive line. So you can't go wrong there, Will. I will also be helping Justin Fields with my second pick in the second round at number 48. I'm taking Purdue wide receiver David Bell, you a like guy slow that guys. What was that? You like slow guys. Both I, of your last two so. I guess there's slow guys that can play football and I'm perfectly fine with that. But it's a guy that can play outside and from the slot lethal at running the slant route. I can't tell you how many times I was watching the Iowa game last year and I was just like, stop, please just guard the guy. They couldn't. Um, but Eberflus talked about trying to get the ball out quick. That's a that's a route, obviously, a three-step drop back where you're expecting the ball to come out quick, and David Bell wins off the line of scrimmage. And Green Bay loved to run that concept with Devontae Adams. Not saying Bell and Adams are in the same caliber, but they do know how to run that route and are very precise with their footwork. But like I said, smooth route runner, knows how to set guys up. Most receiving yards in the Big Ten since 2019. That's more than Chris Olave. And Garrett Wilson, guys that are from Ohio State, obviously. And the knock. The knock on, on obviously, a David Bell. And you kind of referenced it a little bit here. Well, he didn't, he's not the fastest, right? Ran a 4.65 40-yard dash. You look at his vertical, too, a 33-inch vertical. Higher than all of us, but not high enough in the caliber of, like, what you want to see in some of these athletes. So he didn't have the best combine. Definitely didn't. But, man, it's just, like, you see the intangibles, his ability to win on one-on-one, those 50-50 balls. Uh, he compares a lot to an Allen Robinson. He does in terms of how he's able to create space, catch the ball with his hands, and then just win those one-on-one matchups. If he's available at 48 in the second round, you are definitely addressing the wide receiver position. You're getting a different body type, and that's what Poles and Eberflus have talked about, getting different body types for, for the Bears' um, receiving core. I think that David Bell kind of does that. Did he lead the Big Ten just this season, or did he say the past two? He led the Big Ten since 2019. Okay. I was just curious because obviously he got more than the Ohio State guys, but how much help did he actually have there in Purdue was one of my first questions. Yeah. No. Um, well, they had. Uh, that's what I was thinking, like Randall Moore. Yeah. So that's what I was wondering. If it was just last year, that's a good point. He if can not, ball. doesn't matter who he has. Well, so. he can go and make catches and make plays. All guys, right, well, before hey. we get out of here, we have a super chat. Yeah, hit it up. Daniel Studer, he wants to trade up. Uh, Philly has back-to-back picks in the first round. Wants to trade up to take uh, Olave. Any chance that they could do that? Chance they can do it? Yes. Uh, I think we've hit on this a lot uh, on the show. Uh, I I'm more hesitant to give up the draft capital if it is you know the low 20s, and you're probably looking at having to give up both of your you know second rounders. If somehow Olave slips, like we said, into the 30th round, then maybe the asking price is less, and then I'm a little bit more receptive to it. But I would still stay put if it's the upper 20s, even though I think a week ago I said I'd do the opposite. But this is what <laughs> you do this time man. of year. You just you talk yourself into different scenarios depending on the day, the hour, the minute. <laughs> True. 
We have, we have another one here. One more from Michael. He wants to know your top wide receivers in the draft. We didn't forget about you, Michael. He's been waiting in chat for a while now. Thank you, okay. Michael, uh, for that super chat, by the way. So uh, at least I think receivers that I like the Bears that can possibly get. Yeah. Olave is still in the realm of possibility it would be up there. Uh, Christian Watson, Sky Moore would probably be my top three. Jahan Dotson is a guy that well. you really like. But a guy that I've been seeing in here, and I got a chance to talk to him at the Senior Bowl, Alec Pierce. Like, he is – a one he one of the fast wide receivers in this draft, and maybe that gets overlooked. But a guy that had a lot of production with Desmond Ritter, and if he were to fall, being a you know an Illinois native, and I asked him, oh, okay, so I'll, I'll reveal this here. I asked him who was your favorite team growing up. He said it was the Packers. So mm-hmm. I had to put that out there. I didn't say it until now, but again, I would I would be happy if the Bears went and got Alec Pierce because again, he's a good prospect and he definitely would help the Bears in their wide receiver core. All right. Well, I think that is it for today's episode of CHGO Bears. I want to thank everyone here for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Uh, that way you get notifications when our show goes live, as well as all the other shows uh, that we have going on each and every single day. And while you're here, make sure to comment, you know, who you agreed with most. True. Or if you had some of your other picks based off the big boards that we kind of presented uh, as well. Uh, and I want to make sure, you know, you can choose mine over Nick Slugs over there. <laughs> uh, you could. You could. Uh, I would make the wrong choice. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and, of course, you can get on the action with a membership at allchgo.com to get into our Discord, uh, which is a, a really awesome place to be. And you can also unlock all the written articles like Adam's one that we've mentioned earlier today. Uh, go follow CHGO Sports and CHGO underscore Bears on Twitter. Uh, and I think we also made a TikTok. So yeah, TikTok. go check that out. Uh, Nick will be doing a bunch of dances there every single day. Is that what we're doing? Only if Olin Krutz joins me. And based off my conversation yesterday, I don't know if that's happening. <laughs> All right. And you can find me at Twitter at Will DeWitt. My L's are ones. But if you just look up Will DeWitt, you'll, you'll see me there. And Nicholas is at Nicholas Moriano. But that does it here for us today. We'll be back at you tomorrow. I'll be back in studio. So I'm excited for back-to-back days up here. Uh, but until then, bear down, Chicago.